The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast? We are ranking fantasy quarterbacks. We are previewing the AFC and NFC South divisions, and we'll talk some Major League Baseball as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, use promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. They got all kinds of great flavors. Uh, and uh, the texture is what I love about the Righteous Felon Jerky as well. Great texture for a jerky. And so make sure you go check it out. Get that 15% off. You can actually find it now in Pilot and uh, Traveling Jays. Is that the right, right gas station? Um, you can find it there as well, but you don't get the 15% off. So go to online, RighteousFelon.com. Use code BELLYUP, 15% off. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Good, good. Boy, we're into football season here, so that's exciting. College starting and pro pretty quick. High school's already started, so, of course, great baseball season coming down uh, to the wire. And, um, yeah, a lot of sports stuff going on. A lot of sports stuff going on. As a matter of fact, we are uh, into college football week zero this past weekend. I watched a little bit of the Notre Dame-Navy game in Ireland. Uh, that was a uh, fun to watch for a little while, but this weekend is when it really gets rolling uh, with all everybody playing. Tennessee kicks off at noon against Virginia to a sold-out crowd. I'll be up in your neck of the woods at Cincinnati for the EKU Cincinnati game. Three uh, thirty kickoff there. Um, and it's just football basically all day Saturday, and then another week down the road we'll have it Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Monday, it'll just be all over the place. And I know that my wife is excited about that, and, uh, and so a lot of a lot of football going around for sure. I'll tell you what, Dan. I've also we, we don't talk about this on the show for good reason, but I've gotten back into racing a little bit. NASCAR playoffs start up this weekend as well, and uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines there too. So. A lot of sports, and then of course they're down to the wire now with baseball. One month left in the regular season of the Major League Baseball season, so um, a lot, a lot happening for sure. Uh, but today we are continuing our NFL preview. We are talking about the AFC South and uh, and the NFC South as well. And then when I was looking at these divisions, it's funny. There's not a whole lot of expectation surrounding these teams in either the AFC or NFC South. It's kind of looked at as this is not going to be a good division, uh, but I think there's some really some some potential really fun storylines that are going to come out of these divisions as well. So we're going to chat about those things today, and uh, then we're going to go fantasy quarterbacks, ranking top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. We'll give you a sleeper and a bust. Uh, there as well. So, Dad, let's get into it. The AFC South uh, is where we're going to start, and uh, my device just uh, did not help me out there at all. Um, okay, so we're starting with the Houston Texans, I believe. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm getting there. Uh, so let's start with let's start with the Houston Texans. And what they've got going on, of course, they've got a rookie quarterback and C.J. Stroud. Breaking news, he was named the starting quarterback. Not really breaking news, I don't think. Uh, but C.J. Stroud is the, the starting quarterback there now. They've got some veterans like Robert Woods on the offense. They brought in the tight end from Dallas, Dalton Schultz, as well. They've got a lot of young talent like Damian Pierce, the running back. Nico Collins, the receiver. Uh, John Mechie, who's, uh, who was out last year due to cancer treatments, and now uh, he is back as well. Defensively, it's the young guys there. Will Anderson Jr. drafted in the first round. 
um, which that pick that they traded could end up being the number one or number two overall pick next year. But they got Willie Anderson, and it seems like he's going to be just fine. They got Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU from last year. They've, they've got an interesting team, Dad. This is a Houston team that, again, very, very little expectation. Uh, but at the same time, I think I can begin to see, especially with their new head coach uh, in place, D'Amico Ryans, I think you can start to see, hey, I think they're moving the right direction. That doesn't mean this year's going to be pretty, <laughs> but maybe in two or three years, this is going to be a team worth watching. Yeah, I, I, I think Houston, like I said, I think the coach has changed the culture there, and um, I, I think you know he'll create a lot more excitement, a lot more confidence with the players. And, um, of course, you know, fans will, will rally there in Houston, um, you know, if, if they can do better. And, again, they're in a, <clears throat> a division where um, they have a, have a chance there, and that helps them too. So they will be young, but, again, like I said, a new coach, a new system. Um, and, um, again, you know, we've had such parity in the NFL and in the last several years, many years, you really don't know. And this division here, you know, we'll make our predictions, but um, you never know when one team can kind of um, rise up and surprise. Um, but I, I think, you know, hopefully Houston's headed in the right direction because they've really been down for a while. Yeah, I mean, you look at this AFC South, and we'll get to all the teams, but you've got C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, um, and then in Tennessee – who do you have? You got Will Levis, maybe uh, Malik Willis, maybe Ryan Tannehill, the veteran. Um, either way, you've, you've got a group of young quarterbacks, which makes it that much more fun that you got all these guys that are kind of coming up. And uh, and Houston, I just I like what they've done, and I think give them another year or two, they might be at least entertaining at the very least. Uh, their win total for this year, we use the numbers from CBS. Um, is six and a half games. Uh, I'm going under six and a half. Uh, I don't. I don't see them getting to seven wins this year. Um, but I mean, I think they could pull out five or six wins. And if they got the seven, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, but I'm going under six and a half. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Like I said, it wouldn't shock me if they go over that. But probably six wins would be a real good year for them. Uh, compared to where they've been, especially if things head in the right direction. And if they, if Stroud, you know, again, it's tough when you have a, a rookie quarterback starting. But, um, again, if, if they can see him progress as the year goes on and get, you know, five or six wins, they're probably headed in the right direction. Uh, let's move on to Indianapolis. Uh, let's start with the Jonathan Taylor conversation. Uh, there's issues with getting paid. And then it came down to a holdout. Then next thing you know, it's I need to be traded. He did not get traded. He's on the pup list, so he's out for the first four weeks. He's not really injured. Um, but they're saying Miami and Green Bay both, both made a push. The asking price for Miami, they said, was Jalen Waddle plus more. And obviously, Miami was not going to do that. Um, so who knows what they asked for from Green Bay. But... Uh, Jonathan Taylor's, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the league. He's going to get moved because I think the relationship is over with in Indianapolis. The question is to who, when does it happen, and what does Indianapolis get back in return? Um, how big of a uh, stank does this put on Indianapolis before the season starts? Well, I mean, I, I think there's just so much uncertainty. And again, you know, he, he, he was their star, no question about it. And he's a guy that could make a difference uh, and they could build around um, that, you know, they don't have that now. And they've got a rookie quarterback, got a new coach, um, just a lot of, I would assume a lot of uncertainty. I would assume with the pup list in four weeks, then yes, there's a chance um, he could go somewhere else. It seems like the bridges are probably burned, and part of that's because of the owner. We know that you know, Ursa uh, can be kind of a hard guy to work with, and everything there. So, um, you know, in Indianapolis, you know, we thought last couple of years they'd be a really good team. Um, now they're kind of retooling, so um, I think it could be a tough year. They, yeah, I mean, they've been a quarterback away now for three years or maybe more, but since since Andrew Luck left, and 
now they're more than that. They, they, they need more than just a quarterback. But they did go out and draft a guy in Anthony Richardson, the kid out of Florida. Um, by everyone's estimation, he's looked very, very solid. Um, it is a weak division that might help him in his learning. Listen, Anthony Richardson's a guy that I doubted. Um, I said, I mean, the kid couldn't win in college. What makes you think he's going to win in the pros? I could be dead wrong on this. Uh, everybody says, well, you know, he could play kind of that Jalen Hurts style. He's got a better arm than Jalen Hurts, but um, he's going to be big. He's going to be athletic. And I go, yeah, but Jalen Hurts won in college. Like he won at Alabama. He won at Oklahoma. Richardson didn't do that at Florida. But that being said, um, he's the quarterback. They got some receivers uh, there in Indianapolis. Michael Pittman Jr. mainly leading the way as well. Um, Running back is a huge question mark for this Indianapolis team now. Zach Moss has been banged up. Uh, He was brought in from Buffalo. So uh, a lot. But listen, I believe in the Indianapolis offense. And the reason why is because their offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, we are Jim Bob Cooter fans. And so, and so, uh, all in on Jim Bob Cooter, Shane Steichen, of course, uh, the head coach there as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do offensively. Defensively, they're, they're actually a lot better off than they are offensively. Um, guys that they've drafted in recent years, like Quiddy pay. Uh, they've also signed to Forrest Buckner a couple years ago. Um, they've got some, some guys they've, they've lost guys too, though. And so it's going to be intriguing to see how it all shakes out. This Indianapolis team, to me, is the biggest question mark of this this division because you just don't know what Anthony Richardson is. And losing a weapon like Jonathan Taylor right before the season, that's never a good thing. Uh, but Indianapolis dads at six and a half wins. So how are you feeling about the Colts? Um, again, I think I'd have to go under six and a half because – I just think it's going to be hard to get going. Now, again, with a new coach, um, you know, if the players buy into a system, the defense plays well, uh, again, depending on their schedule, but they probably don't have a real hard schedule. Um, And, again, with the division, maybe they would surprise. But um, I think with the situation, the way the season's starting, I think you have to look under six and a half. So they start off uh, with division opponents, Jacksonville and Houston. Then they go Baltimore, the Rams, Titans, then Jacksonville again, Cleveland, New Orleans, uh, Carolina, New England in London, um, Tampa. Their schedule's not that difficult. At the end of the year, they've got the Bengals, uh, the Steelers, but then they got the Falcons and the Raiders, and they end the, end the year with the Texans. This is an interesting team. I'm going to go over six and a half. I kind of feel like they're going to have a little bit of magic. I'm a big guy on first year head coach, especially an offensive head coach and what they can do with that. And so I'm going to go over. I think they're at that seven win potential. Um, Again, wouldn't be surprised if they're under, but they don't, they're not playing for their own draft pick because that's gone to Arizona. So they don't have any reason to tank uh, like Houston does. Um, or like um, Arizona does, or like some of these other teams do. So I'm going to go over six and a half. I don't think it's by much, um, but I don't know. I got this weird feeling about Indianapolis. Like they might actually be kind of very fun to watch. And on top of that, uh, you know, intriguing at the very least. Um, so I'm sorry. They they do have their first round pick, don't they? So they, they are one that could tank, but I don't think they're going to. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'll go over six and a half. Not confident on that, <laughs> though. All right, next team up is Jacksonville, and this is the odds-on favorite to win the division. It's been a while since we said that, uh, but the Jaguars seem to be where they need to be at this point in time, uh, which you couldn't say that a couple years ago. Doug Peterson turned things around in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence looked like a number one overall draft pick, and uh, and that's exciting for Jacksonville fans. Their offense is full of talent. Travis Etienne uh, at running back. Evan Ingram at tight end. Calvin Ridley uh, returns from his suspension uh, at wide receiver. Christian Kirk showed some things that he could do last year as well. And they got a pretty solid offensive line. Defensively, again, they got talent there on the defensive side of things. 
Josh Allen, the rush edge. Uh, you got Tr- Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. Uh, Devin Lloyd, another linebacker. Um, and I think the defensive back has some question back there. But, Dad, this Jacksonville team doesn't seem like they've got a lot of competition in the AFC South. Therefore, they're the runaway favorites in the division. And they have the highest win total at 10 going into this year. So how are you feeling about Jacksonville? Well, I think they are definitely, um, you know, should be the best team in that division, no doubt about that. I think, again, Peterson, you know, helped turn them around, and they've got, you know, to me, a great quarterback, and they have weapons, and if they can play defense, again, I think there would be a, uh, excitement, there would be motivation going in the right direction there um, with Jacksonville. Uh, their fans, both in Jacksonville and in London, since this is a London Jaguars playing two games there this year, um, you know, they'll have a lot of fan support. And um, as long as uh, quarterback stays healthy, um, I think they can do well. Ten, ten wins. Um, I'll go over that. That that might be about right where they hit, um, but they could get 11. So um, I'll, I'll go over 10 for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like the number 10, uh, but I again, they they could potentially sweep this division. Uh, that's six games right there, so all they need to win is five more. Um, I really think this is a good team. Uh, I think good things are going to come for this team as well. Talk about the schedule being you know not, not super difficult. They've built really, really uh, wisely here as well. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on the Jaguars. I go over 10. As well, I think they're more than just a contender in the South this year. I think they're actually AFC contenders. I think you can start to possibly put them in the conversation, right, with uh, the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals. I don't think they're quite at that level yet, but I think they're starting to sniff that level right there. Um, I mean, I'd put them there with the Jets and the Dolphins easily in that group, uh, at least in my opinion. Do you think that's fair? Yes, yeah, I I, I think so. Like I said, they have potential with the – the talent they have and the coach they have that uh, um, be talked about in the upper echelon there. All right, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, This offseason was a weird one for Tennessee. There was all kinds of conversations about new quarterbacks, trading Derrick Henry, all these other things, and they didn't – well, they did bring in a new quarterback, but uh, is he actually going to play? Right now he's listed as the third-string quarterback, so I'm not sure. DeAndre Hopkins did come over for Tennessee. They got Traylon Burks, the big wide receiver that they drafted last year. Uh, They do have Derrick Henry. Not a lot behind Derrick Henry. They have a third-round pick this year, but not a lot of proven uh, backs behind Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, starting quarterback until something changes. I don't think it will unless they are mediocre or worse. And I don't know if they're going to be worse than mediocre. I mean, it's the same team. Uh, so I'm not sure that they're going to drop off a whole lot. Um, they've got a tight end, Dad. Chicosium Oconquo. There you go. He's been the talk in my fantasy draft this past weekend. Everybody loved his name. So uh, he's supposed to be really good as well and continue to put up numbers there. Quarterback is a huge question mark. I like Ryan Tannehill. I just think he's he's got a ceiling that that it's time to move on from him. But do they have the quarterback of the future on the roster with the 2022 third-round pick, Malik Willis, or this year's second-round pick, Will Levis, uh, is yet to be seen. Defensively, they did lose some pieces here as well, and I'm not sure they're set up as well to succeed on the defensive side of the ball. That being said, they do have Matthew Jackson, who was on our show uh, Monday night. You can go back and listen to uh, EKU grad. Uh, undrafted free agent uh, this year, made the roster. He is the second string free safety behind Kevin Beard, but you're going to see him on special teams uh, if you see him out on the field. Uh, The Titans, Dad, have a number of seven and a half. I'm going to go over that just because, again, unless it just, if it blows up early, if they lose three of their first four or four of their first five or maybe even three of their first five, then they're going to move on at quarterback, and when that happens, it's going to get ugly fast. So, uh, But I'm going to go over. I, I think Tannehill is good enough to give them eight wins, and so that's where I sit with Tennessee. How about you? 
Yeah, I, I think over seven and a half would be um, fair. But like I said, I, I don't know that they've really improved a lot. We'll see. Hopkins, you know, if he ends up being a real uh, plus anywhere near where he used to be, then that'll help Burks also. Um, again, you know, if they throw the ball. But again, you got Derrick Henry in there. I'm not sure their offensive line is, you know, anywhere where it used to be. Um, and that may hurt them. They did have a draft pick on the offensive line. I haven't kept up. I assume he'll probably start. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, they're going to need an offensive line, you know, either for Derrick Henry or protection, you know, to throw the ball. And like you said, the defense is not where it's been in other years. They do have uh, some, Mike, they have a really good pass rusher there. And, of course, they've got, you know, some good good defensive backs. So, um you know, we, we, we will, it's kind of a tough, like I said, they're not in a real tough division. So depending on how they do with Houston and Indianapolis, but if they get upset by each one of those teams once, then it could really be tough. I think Jacksonville probably has their number. And, um, you know, like you said, it's funny. You started out by saying it's been kind of a weird off season. I don't know when it hasn't been a weird off season for the Titans and all the years I lived around there and everything. But um, anyhow, so um, yeah, we'll see Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I, I just feel like eight wins again. The only thing that changes that is that they switched quarterbacks and if they switch quarterbacks, then I think everything's out the window. I, I don't think they succeed under Will Levis or Malik Willis under center. And so maybe they get to the point where they're like, hey, we need to get a better draft pick. Let's bring in these other quarterbacks, see what happens. Um, if they do that, it, it will not be pretty. Uh, in the AFC South, that I have it going Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Houston to follow. But I do think Indianapolis is the dark horse team here, but there's so much unknown about them. So I go Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston. How do you have it lining up? Uh, I would have Jacksonville, Tennessee, Houston, and Indianapolis. Okay. Um, I just don't – I think Indianapolis, there are just so many things not going in the right direction there. It'll be hard for them to get together. Like I said, they might be exciting to play. I've always uh, liked the Colts, and we'll see how their new coach does. But I, I think Houston's in a more positive um, direction maybe than they are. But they may not have the talent, so we'll see. All right. I like it. Uh, let's go to the NFC South now, and we'll start off with the Dirty Birds, Atlanta Falcons, uh, another team that is just full of young talent. The question is, can they turn it into wins? Offensively, Desmond Ritter takes over at quarterback. Bijan Robinson in at running back, the rookie. Uh, Drake London, um, Kyle Pitts. I mean, just young offensive talent all over the place uh, here as well. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and it's more veteran-based on the defensive side of the ball. They have a couple of young guys there. Uh, Jesse Bates that comes over from Cincinnati is a big addition. Uh, Akuda got injured. Uh, they traded for him from Detroit. Uh, so that's a question mark there as well. This whole South NFC South division is just wildly unknown. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. Is Desmond Ritter going to be any good? Does Tyler Heineke end up being the starting quarterback or will they let Ritter play the whole season and go with whatever happens? I don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta. How do you feel about Atlanta this year? Yeah, I, I, it's funny as I was you know, looking for this, some people were really, really high on them and I don't know that that's really warranted um, altogether. Um, you know, I don't know that it's a, they've got a bad coach, but you know, I, he, you know, I don't think he's proved everything yet there. Defensively, of course, they did pick up a good, a good, a good coach there with Gray from um, Green Bay. That was a, a real positive, I think. And, um, and you're right; they've got some offensive talent and some of the skill positions. I mean, you know, really strong talent. And I think you know the young running backs should be really good. Um, to me, the question is quarterback. I, I don't know what I. I don't know that there's any reason to think that necessarily um, there's just so many young quarterbacks this year. It'll be interesting. And I don't know that Ritter um, is, he may develop into a good quarterback, but his first year of starting, and I don't know that he has everything around him um, 
that he needs there. But I think, again, Atlanta did were, – they were better last year. There will be a lot of excitement, again, going into it. And they've got a couple – well, really, their whole division they can be competitive with. Um, and that's a help there. I mean, you can say this with almost any team in the NFL, but it's all about quarterback. Um, if Ritter's okay, then the Falcons are okay. Um, maybe even good. If Ritter's good, the Falcons may be great. I mean, you just don't know what you're getting with Ritter, though. Um, and they also brought in, not only do they have Kyle Pitts, they also brought in Jonu Smith, uh, who played with Arthur Smith uh, in Tennessee. And so uh, they, they got a ton of talent. Uh, the question is, can the quarterback do enough to showcase that talent uh, is the question that I have. Atlanta, their oh, win total is at eight and a half. I just couldn't go over that. I I, mean, I could be dead wrong. They could be an 11-win team, but I'm going to go under eight and a half. How about you? Yeah, that's a tough one because I think nine would definitely be their ceiling, and I don't know what they will hit that. Um, but um, I'll go over. They, they may be able to hit nine. I think they can do well. Um, again, they, you know, they've been improved. I don't know. That may get them in the playoffs if they hit get nine, too, so you never know. But I'll, I'll go over and think maybe they can get to nine. Uh, okay. Uh, listen, I would not be shocked if the Falcons are good. Um, I really won't. I, if the Falcons are good, it'll be a great story. That means Desmond Ritter's playing well. I, I'm all for it, but I'm just not sure he's the guy. Uh, let's go to Carolina. Speaking of young quarterbacks, Bryce Young takes over at quarterback for Frank Reich and Carolina Panthers. Um, they've got solid running game with Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. They've got um, veteran receivers, Adam Thielen, DJ Shirk. Uh, then they also have young receivers like Jonathan Mingo and Terrence Marshall. Uh, tight end wise, Hayden Hurst comes over. Ian Thomas is there. I love that for the young quarterback. I, I love young quarterbacks that have really good tight ends. I'm not sure they've got that. But the offensive line, Ikem Ikwanu came in in 2022, had a third round pick at left guard, Brady Christensen in 2021. Um, they might need to get better at the offensive line. Their right guard is a rookie fourth round pick. That's a little scary as well especially for a young, small quarterback like Bryce Young. Defensively speaking, they've got some veterans there, as well as some young guys, guys like Brian Burns, Derek Brown, uh, J.T. Horn, uh, all mixed in here. Uh, Von Bell, the safety, veteran safety as well. So they've got some really solid veterans. Justin Houston, I didn't realize he was there. Justin Houston's there in Carolina. So they've got some really solid veterans on the defensive side of the ball. Um Again, it comes down ultimately to Bryce Young. Can he survive? Can he play well? What will he look like? I don't know. Do you have hope for Carolina? Um, I, you know, with Frank Reich, I think there's hope for the future. I don't know what there's going to be. It's going to be a great year starting out this year. Um, again, just partially because, again, it's a new quarterback, even though he's got a lot of talent um, himself. Um, I, I, I don't know, but I have high hopes for Carolina. We'll see. Uh, their win total is set at seven and a half. I'm going to go ahead and go under that this year as well. I'm not an anti Bryce young guy. I think he's a good quarterback. He's probably the quarterback. I would have, well, I say that I think CJ Stroud is who I felt like was the guy just had everything, but nonetheless, Bryce young, I think will be fine. Uh, but again, I'm not sure if he's got enough around him offensively to make it work. So um, I go under seven and a half for the Panthers. Yeah, I go under seven and a half also. All right, let's move on to Nolens, New Orleans Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Um, this team is interesting to say the least. Alvin Kamara suspended to start the season. Jamal Williams comes in at running back. Derek Carr comes in from Vegas to be the quarterback. Jameis Winston's still there. He's just the backup. Michael Thomas is supposed to be back. We haven't seen him in a while. Chris Olave was solid in his rookie year as well. Um, they they got Taysom Hill, which who knows what he'll what role he'll play this year. Defensively, to me, they were really good a couple of years ago. They're starting to not be as good, but they got some great veterans. 
uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, uh, to name a few. Demario Davis, who's been around for a while. Pete Warner, uh, younger younger guys. So Court Cameron Jordan, who's been around for a long time. This team is looked at as the favorite in this division, and that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. I like Derek Carr. I'm curious to see. Well, what it comes down to for me, Dad, is I don't believe in Dennis Allen, the head coach. And uh, so I don't know. I, I I don't know. Nine and a half is the number for the Saints. How are you feeling about the Saints? Um, nine and a half. Yeah, I'll go over that. Not probably a whole lot, but I would. I do think they'll be the better team in the conference. Part of us, like you said, just because they have veterans. You know, so many of these teams we talk about more, they're going to be young teams. And I think some of these young teams are going to do real well and surprise people. But I think here you've got some veterans. And again, I like Derek Carr. So yeah. I hope he does well. And I think he can. I think he can rebound. And if he has a good year, then, um, you know, they're going to be in good shape. He's got some weapons. Kamara will be back um, if he comes back to form. They made a good pickup with Williams. Um, and running back, that'd be a very good tandem to have, no doubt about it. And uh, their defense, you know, has always been um, strong and should be again there. So um, I think New Orleans will have a good year. I don't think they'll be at the top of the NFC necessarily, but I think they should do well in the division. Do you know who their defensive coordinator is? No. Joe Woods. Huh. Isn't he a Packer guy, if I remember correctly? Joe Woods. I like, don't know. Joe Woods. I, I thought he was a safety coach at one time, but maybe not. Um, anyways, uh, I don't. Yeah, I like Derek Carr too. If Michael Thomas is back to form, that changes everything for for New Orleans, and because you can do without Alvin Kamara as much as I like Alvin Kamara, we've seen it in the NFL. You can do with different running backs. But if Michael Thomas comes back to form and Derek Carr has two weapons like Thomas and Olave, they're going to win a lot of games. I'm going to go over nine and a half. This is probably the most uncomfortable over that I have because I could see this one falling apart too. Um, but I'm going to go over nine and a half. The division's weak. They should win that many games. Um, they should win the division. Uh, but again, Atlanta could surprise us and be really good. I don't think Carolina's going to surprise us and be really good. Um, but I think Atlanta could. Let's move on to Tampa. Uh, this, for me, is my lock of the year, um, and that is the over. Buccaneers are six-and-a-half uh, win total. To me, they are clearly going to go over that. I've already went on my Baker Mayfield rant earlier a couple weeks back. Um, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. I think Baker Mayfield's a solid NFL quarterback. And he's throwing the ball to Mike Evans and to Chris Godwin. Granted, when they're healthy, but still, he's throwing the ball to Mike Evans and to Chris Godwin. And that's a really good combo to throw the ball to. Um, I don't love their tight end situation. Cade Otten uh, is the starter. Uh, Rashad White, the running back, he showed that he can play. Chase Edmonds is the backup. I, I like what they're doing offensively. Defensively, they had a great selection, I think, in the first round with Kansi Kalijah uh, out of Pitt. They got Via, uh, Via Vida there as well on the D-line. Devin White and Levante David, uh, Shaq Barrett at linebackers. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. as a safety. I don't love their cornerback situation. But that being said, I think Tampa is going to surprise a lot of people. I do not think they're a threat for the Super Bowl. But I think they could be a threat in the division. Um, I think they're going to be one of these teams that's a pain to play because you're not going to be supposed to be good. And I think they are going to be decent. Six and a half, I go over easily on Tampa for this one. I think they are nine-win team as, as a minimum and could surprise and be even better than that. Uh, how do you feel about Tampa? Well, I'll go over six and a half. Be interesting to see if Baker Mayfield, again, you know, I think you know, he can create some leadership and some excitement. He does have some good wide receivers. Um, I do think they have a good coach in Tampa, um, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure about his offensive line. It wasn't super great last year. I don't know that they've improved that a whole lot. Um, they have lost some players that they've had. 
I sure. think on defense, but they still have you know some good defensive players. So um, I I don't think Tampa is going to uh, challenge a whole lot in the NFC, but I do think they'll be over six and a half and could be seven, probably eight, could be maybe could be nine if things really go well. But um, you know I I think they're going to they're kind of have to retool to some extent. And again, they've got some veterans, so it's hard to do that sometimes. Yeah, Tampa is my dark horse team. I, I I think they could be dangerous. Uh, so, but I have it breaking down: New Orleans, Tampa, Atlanta, Carolina in the NFC South. How about you? I have New Orleans, Atlanta, Tampa, and Carolina. So um, I think Atlanta will be a, a step over Tampa, but we'll see. Yeah, and again, I, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this, so that when people say I didn't say this. I would not be shocked at all if Atlanta wins the division. I mean, if Desmond Ritter is good, that team's going to be tough. Uh, it just comes down to that. Uh, all right, very good. Uh, the South Division is done. We've also already done the North and the East Divisions. Also, next week we get to the West and get us ready for Game 1 of the NFL season. Uh, we'll get into our picks. We are going to do our Pick 6 competition again this year. Next week, we'll share information for how you can be involved in the Pick 6 competition. Each week, we'll pick six games. Um, we are going to pick them against the spread. I'll clarify again. Me and Dad are not gamblers. We yeah, do not. Uh, but uh, we enjoy picking against the spread for this uh, this purpose. It just makes it a little different than going just straight up. So, anyways, uh, we will do that again this year, and we'll invite you to play along with us each week as well. All right, Dad, let's get into fantasy football. We've got two drafts coming up this weekend, one Friday night and one Saturday night. And uh, so we're getting there. Next week, we'll look at tight ends. But this week, we're looking at quarterbacks. And uh, I, remember, it's a fantasy ranking, which isn't the same as um, if I was picking a guy to lead my team. Uh, so that could change a few things. I don't know how much it changes for you. I've got Patrick Mahomes one. Uh, and to me, even though he's not a rusher and I like rushing quarterbacks in fantasy football, I still feel like Mahomes is the number one guy, uh, when it comes to quarterbacks, do you agree with that or do you disagree? No, I agree with that. I think Mahomes you know, is one of the number one quarterbacks all around, but definitely in fantasy, um, you know, cause again, he throws, he runs and, um, I, I think, I think he's the number one quarterback. Okay. I've got Jalen Hurts, two, and Josh Allen, three. Both of those guys rush. Uh, they're big guys. They don't really get hurt that much as well, knock on wood. And uh, and they also have good offenses with them. So I got Hurts, two, Allen, three. Are that the same two and three guys you have? I've got Allen, two, and I've got uh, Lamar Jackson, three. Again, he's a running quarterback. And um, I think he's really going to rebound and have a good year. And when he's going, he's really something in fantasy. I agree. Um, why Jackson over Hurts? Um, again, Hurts proved he was a good quarterback last year. But, um, you know, and I think he will do well again this year. But I, I think Lamar Jackson's a step ahead of him when he's um, – you know, when everything's going in that direction. Interesting. I've got him fifth, Lamar Jackson, that is. Um, I, I like him. I, I worry about his health. Um, and, and I just, I don't know. To me, Hurts has all the weapons uh, there in Philadelphia. So that's why I'd put him above Jackson. So I go Hurts, Allen, and then Burrow before I get to Lamar Jackson. Um, do you have Burrow as your fifth guy? Um. I have Burrow down a little further again as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, I, I have Jackson three, and then I have Trevor Lawrence four. I think he's just very um, consistent and going to do well. So, again, I have Lawrence four, Hurts five, and Burrow six. Interesting. I like Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to need him to prove to me he can be a fantasy guy, and I think he will. Um, but I'm not ready to put him up that high. Um, so that's that's very, very interesting. Um, my number six guy you don't you don't have there is Justin Herbert. Um, where do you have him at? I have him seven. I have him next. Justin Herbert on seven. 
Okay, uh, I got Dak Prescott as my seventh guy. Uh, who's your eighth guy, I guess, that you're... My eighth guy is Aaron Rodgers. Again, looking at fantasy. Um, so um, I, I, I got him at eighth. Okay, so I've got to round out my top ten. I got Dak Prescott at seven, Trevor Lawrence at eight, Justin Fields at nine, Aaron Rodgers at ten. Fields is a guy that I have a hard time ranking um, because I think his team is going to stink. That being said, when you talk about fantasy football, when your team stinks, that typically means you're throwing the ball a whole lot in the fourth quarter, um, which could lead to interceptions. But Fields is also an athletic guy that's going to run the ball some too. And so I felt comfortable putting him in my top 10. Rodgers, I put at 10. Um, I question this too. He's always, the last three, four years, seems like Rodgers has been in this range, 9, 10, 11, 12, and that, that range in fantasy football. I think he's going to throw the football a whole lot this year. I don't think he's going to – I mean, he's going to have really good running backs, but I don't know. I think Roger can try to prove that he's good enough. So I've got him in my top 10 because I think he's going to force it uh, some as well. Who's the last guy in your top 10 that, that you've not mentioned yet? Well, again, I at seven, I had Herbert. Eight, I had Rodgers. Nine, I have Dak Prescott. And 10, I have Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to rebound. And again, he's a guy that can run and throw. Whew. Okay, we got to break this down a little bit, though. First of all, you have <laughs> Dak Prescott in your top 10, which is breaking news because you've never yeah. said anything positive about Dak Prescott. And having him as a top 10 fantasy quarterback is a positive comment uh, from my dad on Dak Prescott. So that's breaking news. Deshaun Watson is an interesting one. He, again, clearly has the potential where if he's anywhere close to back to form, he could be a really, really good fantasy quarterback. I am in the wait and see category with Deshaun Watson. I need him to prove it to me first uh, before I put him in my top 10. Uh, but I can understand it at the same time. All right, let's get into sleepers and busts. Uh, let's start with the sleeper quarterback or sleeper quarterbacks that you have. A sleeper quarterback would be um, Howell from Washington. I okay. think he could be legitimate and play well, and that would be a sleeper. So um, that's who I would go with late, late round, maybe as a sleeper. Interesting. All right, and we'll talk about them. No, we've already talked about them. Just kidding. Um, Howell is an interesting one. I'm going to go with a guy who's proven in the past he can do it fantasy-wise and in real football. Last year was horrendous, so he's being underdrafted this year, and it's the Denver Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. I think with Sean Payton as his head coach, Russell Wilson is a guy to uh, consider for a lot of things this year, including uh, a fantasy quarterback of great value. Uh, this year. So I'm going to go Russell Wilson as my sleeper pick. Uh, let's get into busts now. Who's your bust? Um, you may be surprised at this one a little bit, but I think from a fantasy standpoint and maybe a regular standpoint, I think it'll be Brock Purdy. Um, I think people will be, be ready for him this year. And um, I, I don't think he'll be a, a high score for fantasy at all. No, I agree with you. I, I don't know if he's being drafted at a high spot, um, but no, I, I agree with you. I don't think Brock Purdy's a fantasy quarterback worth paying attention to at all. Um, I've got two guys down. One, I've got to mention just because it's to a tongue of Iloa. I'm not even sure if he finishes out the year, uh, but uh, he's going to get some points because of who he's throwing to, but I, I don't know. I got him as a bust. And then Geno Smith. Geno Smith came on the scene last year in Seattle. And everybody fell in love with them again. I'm not ready to crown Geno Smith. Now, he's got great receivers out there in Seattle, which definitely help him out. I'm just not sure that the Geno Smith experiment in year two is going to go as smoothly as they think it's going to. Um, so I'll put him. Uh, I Geno's undraftable for me. I'm not drafting Geno Smith. Um, that being said, somebody else will, and maybe they'll beat me with them. Who knows? Um, but that's where I go to uh, with my busts. Uh, there. All right. Very good. Uh, that's our NFL preview for today. Uh, we've got the um, East, South, North done. 
fantasy running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks done. So next week, we go to the West Divisions, and we will rank our top 10 tight ends uh, as well next week. All right, let's get into a little bit of talk. We won't spend a lot of time on it, but Major League Baseball continues to roll forward. We're in the final month starting Friday uh, of the season, and uh, there's a lot of races that are getting close. Brewers and Cubs, three games apart. The East is one with Atlanta. Uh, the West, the Dodgers have a firm grip on things there. Um, in the American League, though, uh, we'll, we'll say the Twins I think they got that sealed up too. But we got to talk about the AL West one more time. Seattle and Houston currently tied uh, percentage-wise going into uh, this this day and uh, this evening. And uh, Seattle's on top. Texas now a half game back. It's a three-game run now, or three-team run, excuse me, in the American League West. I'm picking the Astros to win. I'm sticking with the Astros to win. I picked them earlier in the year. But Seattle has been really fun and has done a lot of damage as of late. How do you break down what's going on in the AL West? Well, like I said, it's going to be exciting to come down to the end, but um, I I thought Seattle would do well this year because they'd improved last year. And uh, personally, you know, that's who I'd be for because I think that'd be a great story um, for Seattle, um, you know, to be able to win the division and even maybe make a little noise in the playoffs. So they do have some talent. Houston, of course, is very good, and Texas has been good all year. So I, I think that one will come down easily to the last week and maybe to the last couple games. Uh, all three teams, uh, uh, Seattle, Houston, and Texas, have uh, over 100-plus uh, run differential on the season so far. So they're putting up runs uh, well. Uh, in the AL East, Baltimore's still up two games, but the Rays have really been on it as of late. They're on a three-game win streak, uh, eight of their last tens. Now Baltimore's won seven of their last ten, so they're still hanging on. Does Tampa catch Baltimore? Um, I think Baltimore will have Hang on, Tampa could, and even if Tampa doesn't, they could be a team, you know, be a team you don't want to play necessarily in the playoffs. So I think both those teams will be tough in the playoffs. But uh, Baltimore, may, maybe, I think maybe they can hang on. Who is more dangerous in the playoffs, the Phillies or the Rays, if they're a wild card team? The Phillies. Um, I think, you know, again, they were able to do that last year. And I think until you get them knocked out, um, they're, they're, you know, you got to keep your eye on them. They'll be a threat. I agree. All right. So as it breaks down right now, the NL division leaders, Braves, Dodgers, and Brewers, the wild card Phillies, Cubs, and then the Diamondbacks and the Giants are currently tied uh, they're a game up on Cincinnati, two and a half up on the Marlins. In the American League, it's the Orioles, Mariners, and Twins as the division leaders, with the Rays, Astros, and Rangers as the wild card teams. The Blue Jays, three games back on the Rangers as it currently sits as well. Uh, so a lot going on there. This weekend is college football to its fullest. Uh, I know we're going to enjoy that. We'll talk about that when we get into the show next week. And so looking forward to that. Uh, I want to give a congratulations to another EKU football player, TK McClendon. He signed on with the practice squad for the Titans. And so congrats to him as well. He's been on the show before. Um, and I encourage you to go back and listen to Monday's show with Matt Jackson, uh, again, he made the Titans 53-man roster as an undrafted free agent. And uh, we talk about, this was before the cut, so before he knew this, we asked him the questions, and he talks a little bit about what it takes to, to make a team and his thought process going into it as well. And so I'd encourage you to go uh, take a listen to that. Our next show will be, uh, my next show will be Sunday night, Fantasy Football, Fantasy Football, Fantasy Baseball, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Sunday night, me and Kevin uh, get into the playoffs of the fantasy baseball world. Dad, uh, uh, he's not, I haven't officially asked him, uh, but Dad's going to join us on Sunday, 
as well as another guy that made the playoffs in our league. And so we'll talk about that on Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern time on the Sports Stove YouTube page and the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. And then uh, Monday night, the plan is uh, local hour at 8 o'clock, and we'll be recapping what happened against Cincinnati and EKU and previewing the Kentucky-EKU game as well. We'll have a guest on there. And then Wednesday night, right back here for the Sports Stove Podcast, the original Sports Stove Podcast, as we get to the NFL West Divisions and uh, Fantasy Tight Ends as well dad anything else you want to add before we close out tonight um no i one thing about fantasy football though you know again i think a lot of people will have their drafts this weekend uh getting ready for there and the the whole thing the best thing by, by far is to take time make your rankings think them through and then once you've committed kind of go with your gut on that. It was kind of interesting when you said Deshaun Watson, you kind of wait and see. Um, I've learned over the years with fantasy, if you wait and see, you don't usually get that person. And then you watch somebody else, um, you know, say, oh boy, I, I, I should have went ahead and made that move. So I don't know if that'd be true with Deshaun Watson, but I think I think, you know, again, in fantasy, there's enough enough where you can move around later and get players. Um, it, to me, it's better to take a chance and maybe fail than to say, well, okay, I'll go with what I think safe, and then you miss a guy that, that really, really ends up being good. Well, yes, I think that he goes one of two ways. It's either where you sit there and go, oh, man, I should have taken him. And this other guy's doing well with them. Or you're sitting there going, thank goodness I didn't take him. Um, so it can go either way. And, uh, I I mean, you got to figure out where you want to risk. Because what, what happens is a lot of guys will risk on their entire roster. And then it's a just a mess. Um, you got to pick and choose where you want to go safe and where you want to risk at as well. And, uh, you know, go from there. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll continue next week. We'll give you information about the pick six competition and how you can be involved with that. Uh, shout out to the Colonels as they go up to Cincinnati this weekend. Go Colonels, and we'll see how they shake things down against the Big 12 opponents this this uh, this week. All right, thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>